Welcome to the Storytellers Lab podcast. I'm Robin, and sorry, I didn't mean to give you the sign off. Welcome to our 200th episode. This is the Storytellers Lab podcast, and I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are everyday women sharing stories of hope found in Jesus. Yes. And you can tell from Real the beginning. Real everyday women that, <laughs> that mess up quite often. <laughs> you can tell that behind the scenes we are not perfect. And we hope that you got a kick out of that. But we do it, have lots of fun. <laughs> it has made us laugh all over again. We are celebrating our 200th episode today. We are thrilled. We're amazed. We cannot believe the Lord has brought us this far. And this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. We have some guests that you may recognize some of them. You may not. And we are going to talk about some of the stories that have most impacted us mm-hmm. over the past few years. And so we just can't wait to dig in. We are so excited. Not only are we celebrating our 200th episode, but we have reached 1 million downloads yes, 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 on yes. the podcast. And we are so encouraged, not only that we're reaching people within the United States, but, but we are reaching people in India yes. and 60 other countries around the world. And so women everywhere around the world are hearing about the hope in Jesus. The Bible study launch is going great. We continue to receive great feedback about when God shows up, stories of freedom. And and we're just so grateful and thankful for all God is doing. Absolutely. I mean, it's overwhelming, to be honest with you. We're coming in on our fifth year, which we cannot believe that. I mean, that we started five years ago and just how God has grown the ministry so much. And, you know, as we thought about the best way to celebrate this 200th episode, you know, we started thinking there are so many stories that have impacted us. We always say that your story matters. And and we talk about how so often, you know, we think we're not going to get something out of a story like, oh, I don't have anything in common with her. But always, always, always the Lord teaches us something about his character or his faithfulness through women's stories. And so, So what we decided to do for this episode is we picked, each of us picked one of, you know, not necessarily our favorite episodes, but just an episode that really stuck with us, that really spoke God's truth to us. And we're going to share those with you as well. But first, we are excited to have a special guest with us here in the studio. And Robin is going to introduce her. Yes, we have Lindsay DeRue here, who we are so excited for multiple reasons, most recently because she is taking over for the Vestavia Storytellers team. And so, Lindsay, welcome to our very fancy podcast studio. We're (laughs) thrilled that you're joining us. Thank you. And would you just walk us through your journey with Storytellers because you've really been around for a very long time. I have. So I am just so honored to be able to take over this Vestavia team, lead this Vestavia team. I mean, I've got some big shoes to fill, (laughs) but I will say, and I'm going to get into my story as well, but I will say that as I've been talking to people, having conversations, putting our team together, I can just tell that this group has been so prayed over. And I really, I have told people multiple times, God's got this ministry right in the palm of his hand, and he is just working big things through it. And I've had a lot of wow moments of tears on the phone with conversations I almost didn't have because Satan told me that it wasn't something that I needed to even bring up, and I did. And oh, to see the Lord work has been amazing. So I um, was so blessed to be really at the beginning of Storytellers. It started in my hometown is Vestavia, Alabama, which is where I grew up. It's where it's my home. I love it dearly. And so Storytellers came about and I thought, this seems like such a fun thing to go here. 
I know a lot of the people that are store that are telling their story. One of my very best friends was one of the first storytellers. And so I loved going. It was the highlight of my week. I would go and just sit in Robin's living room and just be filled with hope and encouragement and just so much vulnerability because a community, I love our community, but there were so many things I learned about the people in our community that I had no idea and it broke walls down. And, and then to see storytellers just expand to other communities and to see other teams taken over and doing what the three of you started in the Vestavia team has just been such a blessing. So it's such a unique ministry in that, as y'all say, we meet people where they are, whether that's at home folding laundry on a podcast or going to a live gathering and feeling part of a community or doing a Bible study and being able to connect with women that way. I just love the way it reaches in multiple ways and reaches women right where they need where they need God. And, and he is just working big things at this ministry. Thank you. That's awesome. Lindsay, you mentioned that you didn't you lead when God shows up stories of hope. Yes. How how did that Bible study work within your small group? And, and what did God do in that setting? It was such a fun thing. And I say fun. It just every week was a new podcast. We would listen to it. We would talk about it. And I just it loved the the variety of the stories because I feel like no matter what you're walking through, you are going to be able to connect with these stories. And there's probably going to be one or two that you're really going to be able to connect with. And that was one thing. There was one story in particular that I have walked a similar road in, in one of the, the um, stories in the Bible study when God shows up. And it's a story that I haven't told a lot. It's a story that even some of my closest friends did not know. And that walking through that Bible study with some of my dear friends, but then some friends that I didn't know as well, God just really prompted me, you need to tell your story. And so when we got to that week, I sat with those friends and I cried and I just shared so much of what God had done in my own life. And it was so healing for me. And so I feel like this Bible study just opens up so many doors. It's something you can do with with somebody at your church. It can be one or two people. It doesn't even have to be a group. But it just really, I, I watched God move in those eight weeks. He taught us so much. And there's so much to say about hearing different perspectives and how I may hear one story and take from it one way. And then another friend may see something completely different and just Bringing the community and that just vulnerability out was really special. It is a special Bible study. I have recommended it to so many friends. And <laughs> we not are been paid to say that. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> and we are so excited about the second study that is now coming out and I actually have several friends already diving into that. And I can't wait to do that with them. That's great. So overall, you talked a lot about just how storytellers has impacted you. Is there any episode that you can remember that really spoke to you? There's honestly so many that stand out to me. And and I've loved listening to the podcast. Just when I needed a specific topic, I have two kiddos and one of them is in middle school. And there are several stories of moms walking through tryout season and (laughs) friendship times and, and it was one of those things that maybe I didn't need to hear that story. I mean, I should say I always need to hear the stories, but maybe it would have meant something totally different to me a year ago than it would to be now because of what we have walked through. There is even one story that I had my daughter listen to and she's in seventh mm-hmm. grade. And I just felt like there is so much wisdom in this and I want you to hear it from someone other than your mom. Yeah. And she listened mm-hmm. to it 
and just loved it. So I just love how sometimes I'll open up the podcast and I'm like, God, what do you want me to listen to today? And he will show me right where he wants me. I love that. Okay. Real quick. Which story did she listen to? Because it was the one, the mom, it was tryout season. It was was cheer tryouts. That was Christine Chapman. Okay. I can't remember the number, but I'm taking notes for my sixth grader. And (laughs) it was right after cheer tryouts and Annalie had not made it. And one of her best friends had tried out for dance and did not make it. And her mom the friend texted me and her, my friend Melanie and she was like, you need, you've got to listen to this right now. I was in tears and it was the perfect time for me to hear what I needed to hear. And then to hear Anna Lee, to let her listen to it too was yeah. great. I couldn't remember the name, but I'm glad you remember yes. it because it was a good one. Yeah. They're all good. <laughs> they are all good. Um, well, Lindsay, we are so thankful that you joined us today and and really set us up to talk about you know, some of the episodes <laughs> yeah. that, that really have spoken to us. So thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing in Vestavia. If you live in the Vestavia area and you want to, to come to one of the live gatherings, be sure to follow us on social media so that you can see that. And Lindsay will greet you there in person. Yes, we will. <laughs> we are excited to get started. That's right. Well, as I said, you know, there's so many stories that, that speak to each one of us, but we each found three individual stories looking almost way back to some of the beginning ones of just how God uh, talked to us, how he revealed his character. And Lindy, I do, I want to start with you. What story spoke to you? What did you go back and, and find? Well, it, it was difficult for me. I'm sure it was <laughs> difficult for all of us. But when I think about stories that, that speak to me, I do think back to Amy Smith, yes. who was episode 84, which aired in April of 2020. And for those of you who know me, you know that that was a pretty significant time in my life. Not only was it the pandemic, but Amy's story was about her walking alongside her husband after he was diagnosed with ALS and walking with him through his death. But even more than that, it was more about how God prepared her for that hardship. And for those of you, like I said, who know me, you know that I lost my father in December of 2020. And I really think that the Lord used it to prepare me because so many parts of her story spoke to me at that time and kind of stopped me in my tracks. But I did not realize that they would come back to me during the hardship that I that mm-hmm. I encountered in December. One of the things that Amy started out with is how she was driving in Atlanta traffic after her circumstances had changed significantly. And the Lord whispered to her, hey, if your circumstances never change, will you still praise mm-hmm. me? And she thought, well, Lord, that's a really good question. And I remember at the time thinking, how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. Right. Be- because I, I live a pretty sweet life. You know, so if something hard comes along, will would I be able to praise the Lord? And then fast forward in her story, she is actually preparing to talk to a group of, of women. And I think it was about a month before her husband was diagnosed. And she, the Lord gave her her content and, and he just said, tell them who I am. And that's actually what we entitled the episode, tell them who I am, tell them about your relationship with me. And I want you to hear what she said. So the Lord had told me in the shower that morning to tell them who I am. Those were the words. And as I started praying about it, is I'm piecing this all together, and I felt like that I was supposed to share with these ladies the names of God and how I knew Him in these different ways. And so He had me recall these different names of God and how I knew Him in that way. For instance, that He is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. How I knew Him as my provider 
because years before, Jerry's company that he had been with closed their doors. He lost his job. We've got four kids, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and he's without a work for three months. Well, we knew him as Jehovah Jireh, or how I knew him as Jehovah Rapha after he healed me after a car accident when I was 16 weeks pregnant. I knew him as Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, because of all these different things I had to walk through through the years of him just being my peace. And so he had me recall just name after name of God and how I knew him in that way. I mean, every time I listen to that, I still (laughs) Mm -hmm. get the same effect of remembering the different names of God and how He has affected me personally. I do love Amy's Southern Drawl. I I know, I know, I know. You know, I always love being reminded of the different names of God. I mean, so often we just think of him as God creator, but just hearing, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Rapha, Shalom, and understanding, you know, how important it is for us to know him in all of those different ways. Right. Because, you know, we go we go through so much in yeah. life. And it's amazing to me. He's there to meet our every need, mm-hmm. no matter what we face. And not only that, the beauty of this story was her looking back and again, seeing how he prepared her for that hardship. And just like you just said, Robin, if you are an adult, if you are walking with the Lord, you will endure yes. hardship. Mm-hmm. Right. Spoiler alert. I mean, yeah. I hate to tell you That's that. Right. And now I want to play the clip where she explains the passage in Daniel that really spoke to her about how you endure hardship and how you survive difficult circumstances. Here she is. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego realized that Jesus is with them, that the reason Nebuchadnezzar knew they were unbound was because their hands were no longer tied together down at their waist or wherever it was, but their hands were lifted, separated, unbound. And I believe that the Lord gave me an insight to that scripture. And the insight is, is that the way you survive the furnace that's heated seven times hotter, or the way that you survive the unsurvivable is worship. And not necessarily a worship song, but just that the act of taking your eyes off yourself and putting your eyes on Jesus, taking your eyes off your earthly circumstances and choosing to have an eternal perspective, that that act of worship changes everything. Even though it did not change my circumstances, it completely changed my perspective. Lindy, I absolutely love that you chose, you know, that that passage of, of her story. It just reminds me so much of the song, you know, Another in the Fire. I don't know if you if you've ever heard that song. The very first time I heard that song, it was at a friend's son's funeral. And they played that song of just recognizing, you know, when you're going through hardships, when you're going through things that are out of your control, he is he is in the fire with you. You just have to shift, you know, as as she was saying, you know, Amy was saying, shift your perspective, shift your focus back to him. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me tear up. It reminds me the first time I heard that song was yeah. after um, my daughter's last surgery. Mm. And it was a really dark time. And so that that song, if y'all haven't heard it, you need to look it up. There's several different People that sing it, yeah. Amanda Cook is excellent, and she sings it with Hillsong yeah. on YouTube, and it is so powerful. But it walked me through a dark, dark time. Mm-hmm. We are always saying we're thankful for our storytellers, yes. but looking back, wow. I know, there's it, so many. There were, there were 200 to choose from, first of yes. all. So, so, Katie, tell us about yours. You know, as I really tried to choose, you know, a story that spoke to me out of all of them, it was, like you said, Lindy, it was Very so hard. hard to choose one. 
I went way back. I actually, Stella Crosby's story that was actually aired in December of 2018, she was episode 31. And you know, Stella, first of all, is just an incredible storyteller. Just so very, very wise. There were so many parts of her story that spoke to me. I, it was hard for me to choose, you know, two to, to share with you guys. It's a story about forgiveness and redemption. Uh, to, to set this up, Stella actually on her 25th birthday, she was raped and she tells the story of the man coming in and exactly what happened. We're not going to air that. Where we are going to start off is after. He had left and she was laying there and she did not know that he had left, but she was laying there and didn't know, you know, what to do. But I thought it was amazing what the Lord led her to. Listen to this. I wasn't so sure he had left, but I decided then and there that I would just start singing. And I would sing very, very quietly, and I would get louder and louder because I knew that if I got louder and if he was still there, he would tell me to shut up. So the only thing I could sing, the only thing that would come to me was, Jesus loves me, this I know. Sorry, I wasn't going to cry. It's amazing to me that something that happened 38 years ago still affects me this way. But it does. And I'm not sad. I'm really not sad. I'm crying because God is so amazing. Simple song, Jesus loves me, this I know. But in reality, I was singing truth. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And the verse came to mind, uh, and I do know this verse from memory, because it came to mind in my heart. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness, and I was there naked, or danger or sword? And you know this verse, for I am convinced that neither death nor life. See, I knew that if I died, I would be with him. Neither angels nor demons. And see, there was a demon there in my room that day. Neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus our Lord. And God told me in in that moment, he said, there is absolutely nothing that has changed regarding your body. Your body is still the temple of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, I still indwell in you. And to me, it is beautiful, it is right, it is good. And you know, that carried me for years and years. It has carried me today. Uh, that that nothing has changed. He was always there, and he was there that day with me. You know, I know listening to that, it's it's heavy, but to me, it just shows the goodness and the intimacy of our God. And that's really, you know, what spoke to me of just him entering that room with her, laying on the floor with her and telling her, reminding her who she was. Because in that moment, I'm sure you could start living in shame immediately, immediately immediately Mm -hmm. of how am I going to get over this? I'm never going to get over this. And how God brought truth back to her mind of who she was. Yes. It's amazing that what was in her heart came out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. Everything, the scripture that had gone in years before, a song from, I don't know, probably Bible school, you know, went into her heart and it came out at, at, at the worst moment of her life. Yeah. You know, Lindy, you saying that that this what was stored in her heart came out and throughout her entire story, really, that's that's what she 
mentions is is things that had been stored in her heart and how she was able to offer this man forgiveness. There was a really powerful moment in her story. And I encourage you to go back and listen to her entire story. But there was there was one moment in her story where she spoke to about seeing him in the courtroom and and how he came out in, in shackles. And instead of being angry and full of anger towards him, it broke her heart because she thought about the shackles that she should be wearing because of the sin that she had done towards Christ. It was just amazing, the forgiveness that God had already placed in her heart. But what I wanted to really share with you guys, because I just thought it was such a powerful way that she ended her story, it's the last part of her story. And she talks about, you know, when she gets to heaven and what she's going to say. So listen in for this. When I get to heaven, I'm going to love on my daddy, love on Papa Ed, who was a wonderful stepfather, love on all the ones that have gone before me, but I'm going to look for Matthew. And I know in my spirit, I know that I'm going to see this man walk up to me, and he's going to be dressed in white, no more chains on his hands, no more chains around his ankles. And I'm going to say, Matthew, you know what? What you did to me, you know, you might have meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. You know, who else would have prayed for this man every single year? Who else would pray for him? Maybe I'm the only one that prayed for him and prays for him, but God meant it for good. How powerful, mm-hmm. you know, just the concept of true forgiveness right there. You know, as I mentioned, she was raped on her birthday and, you know, that could bring terrible memories every year on your birthday, but she used that to offer forgiveness every year and to remind her to pray for Matthew. It's unbelievable and so convicting for me personally. I mean, I have Gosh. people in my life that I still feel like I need to to forgive. I will say I love the part of Stella's story where the spring was hard for her and she prayed for God to redeem it. Mm -hmm. And he did because she found out she was pregnant with her third child who would then be due on her birthday. I I, I did love that part as well. God details are just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even just hearing that again now just really encourages me and prompted me to just pray for people. The importance of praying for others and not only praying for forgiveness or, you know, but just those that have wronged you, those that Mm -hmm. have hurt you, those that you love, just the importance and how God moves through prayer is is just so powerful. That's right. Well, Robin, I know that your story, the story that kind of spoke to you was a surprise because you said God surprised me as the one that really was brought to to my mind. It was and it is. (laughs) (laughs) We all decided to look back. 200 stories is a lot of stories. And first, y'all, I did not remember how good our story. <laughs> so listen, if you're if you're new or if you've been here with us from the beginning, first I just want to say please go back and start at episode one because I was blown away. And so what I did is I just looked through all of our podcast episodes and I was like, Lord, which one do you want me to talk about? I really do connect with so many of them. I get to know so many of our storytellers in person that I just really asked the Lord and He prompted one that I really had not thought about in a long time. And that is episode 60, Brandy Miller from Memphis. And she talks about beauty. And I think maybe because a few years ago when she shared, my daughter was younger. But now that my daughter is 12, this story spoke to me in a whole new way. And if y'all been listeners for a while and you've ever heard me talk, you know that I love dreams. (laughs) You know that I love visions. You know when I love Holy Spirit moments. And in Brandy's story, you are going to hear, I'll give you a brief overview of her story and what you're going to hear. She was a teen model 
and was beautiful, grew up in that world of teen models. And she had a decision to make between going to college or being a professional model. And God gave her a dream and he came to her in such a powerful way. And so you're going to hear her tell this and then we'll be back. And this dream that I journaled about was I kept waking up. And the dream was my face on the cover of a magazine in flames. <laughs> and this would wake me up at night. And I began to wonder what it could mean. I would journal about it. I would wake up very uneasy uh, because the doors were opening, flying open with opportunity. But yet there was this deep struggle. And, you know, I was old enough to realize and believe that God was speaking to me through this dream to challenge my notion of what I wanted to live for. Did I want to live for something temporal? Or did I want to live for something that would be long-lasting, everlasting, eternal? Shortly after that, a, a mentor of mine, she was a friend's mom, invited me to lunch. She had never done that before. But she just asked me all about what I was thinking, what I was deciding. My youth group knew this was heavy on my heart. And she just shared. She was very non-judgmental. But she just pulled out of her purse a newspaper article. Remember those? They cut them out. And she handed it to me so much of this day. She handed me this newspaper article. And it was about the, the drawbacks in the fashion industry. And she just said, I love you. I support you. But I want you to think about who you're becoming. And I hope that this article will be a part of that. Literally that weekend, my youth minister and his wife called me and said, hey, we want to meet with you after youth on Sunday night. Will you just stay a few minutes? I said, sure. And he just said, I want to challenge you with how God's made you and why. And I want you to pray and I want you to seek him. And we love you no matter what you decide, but I just want you to think about it. And so I drove home from youth that night. And again, my head is spinning and I'm, I'm just feeling that deep hesitancy and just an urgency now. And um, so following week that morning, I got up to have a quiet time. And it was like, I remembered this story in the Bible about Gideon testing God, but I couldn't remember what the story was. I couldn't remember where it was. Finally, I found it, it was in the book of Judges. For those of you, you know, Gideon was called by God to help rescue his people from the Midianites. And he was unsure, though, about this hefty calling. And so he asked, remember that he said, God, I'm going to put out a fleece. And in the morning, if there's dew on it and no dew on the ground, I'll know that I'm supposed to rescue your people. But I loved what he said because he wasn't quite sure after that. It did happen. But then he said, Gideon said to God, let not your anger burn against me. And he asked for one more sign. And I just, that just stands out to me. I remember that God is gracious. I don't recommend theologically us using scripture this way, let me just say. But as a 16-year-old young woman, I am grateful that God was gracious to me when I asked him and put out two fleeces, which is what I did. I had two large jobs coming up. One was for a department store called The Body Shop. Not the smelly stuff, but do you remember the, there was actually a clothing store? And I had been chosen to be the model for that year. So in their stores, in their billboards, in their magazines, that would have been a huge thing career-wise for me. The other job was for a German magazine, which would be the equivalent of a Spiegel here, which does anyone even know what that is? I don't know. Maybe Bowdoin now or Lance, we don't really have magazines anymore. <laughs> but these were jobs that would have put me to the next level, so to speak. So they were my fleeces. I put them out. I was on my knees that morning, and I said, God... I give you these jobs. Just somehow show me if this is my future. I was on my knees in my peach and aqua bedroom, leaning against my white wrought iron trundle bed. Okay. I literally got up off my knees and my telephone in my room rang. 
My mom answered it in the next room, and she came in and said, I have some bad news, but you've gotten undercut for Body Shop, which means they hired an older model, they can pay half the price, and you get cut. I was cut within five minutes of that prayer from that shoot. And I remember thinking, my mom has no idea what she just said to me. (laughs) A few days later, I came home from school. I was a a junior in high school. And my mom, same thing, met me at the door and said, you're going to be disappointed, but... um, the clothing for the German shoot has been stuck in customs. They've canceled the shoot. They're doing the whole thing in Germany. It will never be here. They don't need you anymore. So I just walked straight to my bedroom. And I sat on that white trundle bed. <laughs> and there was definitely disappointment for me as a 17 to 16-year-old girl. But I also, I felt safe. I was surprised at how I felt. I felt sure. I felt empowered <laughs> that there was someone guiding me. I didn't have to make these decisions. And to this day, I remember, I recall that day so often as a, his, of God's presence palpable in my bedroom saying, I love you so much and I have your future. One of the things the Lord has been showing me the past few months is just the importance of asking him and listening. (laughs) And we've talked about it multiple episodes now Because that's what he's been doing in my life is, hey, if you ask and you listen, I will answer. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's why he brought Brandy's story back to mind Mm -hmm. is because she had a deep need to know where her future, where she needed to go Mm -hmm. in her future. And he answered her so clearly. Mm -hmm. And maybe it wasn't the way she wanted, but he also gave her that dream to let her know he was protecting her. Mm -hmm. I know. I think so often we're scared to ask him specific, you know, questions like she would like saying, these are my two fleeces and I need you to, you know, show me what I need to do. And we're afraid to kind of approach him and ask that. But goodness, I mean, one thing, her story, especially that, that part of it is just God is so sweet and intimate. She was 17 years old and what an incredible, powerful moment with the Lord that made him so real to her. I love how she said, and you know, most 17 year olds, I mean, I would probably be like, really God, this is what I wanted to do. And and he, and she was like, instead of being upset, I felt safe mm-hmm. and secure. I love that. Yes. And I, not only are we scared to ask him, but I think we don't have faith because yeah. Yeah. we don't believe that he will show up. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in that place, like test him out, just ask him to be in the details, ask and listen, as Robin just said, ask and listen, mm-hmm. because he will show up and you will begin to see in very small, consistent ways that he is right there in the details with you. So in Brandy's story, she did end up going to college. She got married and had children and has walked in and out of modeling ever since on a much smaller scale. And so later in her story, she talks about defining beauty. And now that she has her own children and her own daughter in particular, what does beauty look like to her? And again, it was just something the Lord really spoke to my heart in this moment. So here's what Brandy has to say. I'm not saying losing weight or gain weight is bad or good. I'm saying it's completely acceptable for us to degrade ourselves based on a notion of some ideal that doesn't exist, right? It's just normal. It's just totally fine for us to degrade our, degrade our bodies. And I Googled the definition of beauty the other day, and it, actually a while ago, I think about this definition a lot, and it says, um, the quality present in a thing or a person that gives intense pleasure or deep satisfaction to the mind. I love this definition. You think of a sunset or you think of being on top of a mountain or a beautiful art rendered by my friend over here. And just that there is something satisfying about that. 
Well, I believe scripture teaches, I want us to realize that that's what he says about our bodies. We should be deeply satisfied. They should not be the place that is causing us to dislike ourselves. You know, it's interesting. I think we compare, we compare ourselves. It's, it's normal because we're, we're broken. We we're, we're made to not want what we have and to have what we don't want. I mean, it's part of our sinful nature. But there, I just thought, why is it that once women have had a baby and their bellies are more rounded, that that is not beautiful? That should be a trophy. I mean, seriously, I earned this belly. Right? I mean, it means the way our body can and should function to bring life into this world is a sign and symbol of beauty. Or when I have bags under my eyes and I spent five minutes covering them, which I did this morning. I covered them. But they exist because I was caring for people that I love. Right? I was caring for my kids. Why aren't those trophies? Why isn't that a sign of beauty, of what our bodies can do? how we can push them to love and serve and give of ourselves. Who defined what is beautiful? And these are the questions I began to ask. Why is it that we have this idea in our head of a standard that should never have been there when we all carry these trophies that I think should personally, and I think scripture teaches, should be celebrated? You know, this isn't a topic that I really personally (laughs) think about a lot. And so it's so interesting to me that this was the story that God brought Mm -hmm. to mind, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. It spoke to my heart so differently this listen than it did a few years ago. That has to be with your daughter coming into yeah, middle school probably. and what you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, you, you're seeing the impact already of what your boys have experienced right. on social media. Yeah, and true. now you're anticipating that with your daughter. This is so powerful because, again, I don't know why this is a topic for women, but it is yeah. where we do not appreciate God's creation Absolutely. Of, right. of our bodies. I tell you, when she said, we want what we don't have and we don't want what we do have, mm-hmm. Whew, mm-hmm. that is con- that yeah. is between the eyes. Well, I mean, me in particular, I'm so glad that you chose this story, Robin, because it had been so long since I heard it. And it's funny, you know. All of these stories speak to you in the moment, but yeah. then you go back and you listen, you know, two, speak three again. years later, and they speak to you sometimes in the same way, but sometimes in a completely right. different way. Honestly, listening to that, I want to send this story to my daughter who's in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, of just like, you know, let's celebrate how God created us, not what we think culture is telling us that, that we need to be. It's just a good reminder. I think Brandy's story is just, it's a great story to end on, you know, as we, we end our celebration, but you know, it's a great story to remind us of where our worth comes from and where we should find our identity. And that is in, you know, a daughter of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Well, we hope y'all have enjoyed looking back. I know I have. And y'all, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what story God has used in your life that you've maybe he continues to bring up for you. Or if you want to go back and listen all over again, we encourage you to do that too. I know I will. Uh, and now we are bringing you our final guest for this episode. As you just heard Brandy's story, she was one of the very early storytellers in Memphis. And now we have Memphis team leader, Katie Harris, here with us as our other guest Yay! for today's episode. <laughs> Katie, Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, we're so excited that you're here. Memphis has been one of our first storytellers mm-hmm. cities. For, y'all have been around for a very long time. Tell us a little bit about, you've been around from the beginning. So tell us some things you've seen, what God has done, what has it looked like having a storytellers lab gathering in Memphis? Oh man, it's been such a blessing. I think originally some of us in Memphis were listening to the podcast and just blown away by people's powerful stories um, and how the Lord was so powerful in people's stories. A lot of times I feel like 
someone would come up with a phrase, like just share a feeling that they had on the podcast. And that would put to words a feeling I had had, but didn't have words for yet. And so we felt really strongly about bringing it to Memphis and having that be a community of people who are sharing vulnerably and being honest. So a friend of mine, Margaret Thompson, was our original team leader. And I don't think she would mind me saying that that is not like a natural gifting of hers. She is wonderful and such a beautiful person inside and out. But it was so fun to see this fire in her of the Lord leading her to contact Robin and get this going. So I just wanted to be a part of that, honestly, um, to see her kind of take this thing and run with it. And COVID, of course, changed everything for everybody. And that was really true of our team. We had a team member move away and we had a team member who got a full-time job and couldn't help anymore. And we were holding it really loosely. (laughs) We were like, Lord, we would love storytellers to come back, but like our circumstances have changed so much. We need, we need some new life um, on our team. And we'd had a couple conversations with people before COVID who were interested in storytellers and excited about it. And one of those um, is Rachel Grosshart, who's on our team now. And she was so good about checking in with Margaret and being like, Hey, what's going on? Like, is there any movement? And I was like, look, I think we just need to get Rachel on our team Um, because she was good about checking in with us. Um, And then we had a couple of others who had been really interested beforehand. So that's how it got going. We got coffee one day once it was safe to do that. And (laughs) through that meeting, I mean, we were just kind of like spitballing ideas. But by the end of that coffee, we were like, all right, like, I think we're going to do this. Like, I think we're going to get it going again. That was really our, what, genesis or revisiting bringing storytellers back. And then in the spring, we had two storytellers. So we we were joking that it was our soft opening. (laughs) Anyway, but they were such powerful stories. And it was true of storytellers in Memphis before the pandemic and after like people came. And that was just the most encouraging thing for us as a team to see people excited about it and to want to be there. And of course, the stories are always powerful, but it's also neat to see everyone visiting before and after and making connections. So anyway, it's been it's been exciting and we are excited to see kind of where the Lord takes us next. Well, yeah. I, I absolutely love hearing that. And I, you know, one of the stories that, that you guys had in that spring was Courtney Humphrey's story that actually aired a few weeks ago that was so powerful and spoke in so many different ways to us that we had to continue yes. the conversation on Patreon, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, about it. I, I'm interested, you know, you're talking about, I love the, the imagery that you give us at those live gatherings of people just talking and getting together. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen community being built through storytellers, whether it's just the gathering or somebody telling their story and being vulnerable and then other people kind of breaking down walls and talking about things. How have you seen that impact your community? Yeah. Well, Courtney's story in particular, I felt like people hung around for a long time afterwards. I think it just resonated with so many people, even if you're not a runner. Um, She touched on so many great things. I remember tearing up multiple times. So there was just a special quality to being in the room that I think people wanted to hold on to, which was just the gift. And personally, I have been moved by having, you know, having shared, a woman came up to me after I shared my story and said, Oh my gosh, I feel like you were just in my life. Like, will you please tell me the name of your therapist? (laughs) Um, um, My therapist was actually in the room. So I shared her name. And honestly, I didn't think about this person again. 
But when we started Storytellers back in the spring, the same woman approached me. I think it may have been after Courtney's story. She said, Katie, I have been seeing your same therapist and I have been on a journey. And she said, I've even been able to walk alongside another friend who is also in counseling now and is doing great work. So that was so encouraging to me, not that it was anything of me, but just that the Lord put those connections together. And if y'all have not listened, Katie's story was actually reposted this summer, but it was originally aired as episode 89. And it's one that's kind of near and dear to my heart because Katie and I are so similar. Mm -hmm. I remember when she, when I was coaching her through her story, I was like, We just like this girl that came to you. I was like, we are living the same life. But I had I had been to counseling. I had experienced some freedom in that area. Um, But it was all about finding your voice. Yes, it was all about finding your voice. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was something that I was great at growing up either. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that's where Katie and I have a we're we're thick as thieves in that area. (laughs) Uh, Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on here today. And just speaking to everyone yes. about what God's been doing in Memphis and just what storytellers look like there. So yeah, we hope that so you much. have a great day and thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks y'all. We're so thankful to Katie. We're so thankful to Lindsay for jumping in all of our past storytellers. And we hope that y'all have had as much fun as we have had today. We are going to ask one thing of you as we celebrate 1 million downloads, we celebrate five years of storytellers and 200 episodes. Would you let us know how God has used storytellers in your life? If you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, And just speak to us. Let us know your favorite stories. Let us know what God has done through storytellers. That is what we would love as your gift to us. And so thank you for listening. We can't wait to be back with you next week. And here are a few more funny moments to end our show. This past year, she was episode 117. And she talked about the octopus. (laughs) The octopus. (laughs) And her story was called the octopus. Okay, here we go. We have a great, comfortable, Katie's wearing it today, green sweatshirt. It's so whatever. No, no. Okay. Christmassy. It's so Christmassy. It's green. Um, Okay. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'll have to say I love. I can't say it. I love it. I love it. You already said you loved it. Awesome. You know, as we illustrated in the quote that we shared at the beginning, um, what was it? <laughs> Sarah reached out. She has a very powerful, powerful, powerful. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, I, I'm so thankful that Sarah actually, do you want me to start That's over? So Wait, listen, do you want me to, do you want great. me to jump in? <laughs> Sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> So I think that, you know, her story also talks, though, about, you know, that you have a story as mm-hmm. well. And I think you're going to hear that um, in her <laughs> story, 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 story. Oh, my gosh. Can I start over? Yeah. I'm covered in his blood. And because of that, I'm worthy and I am enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Well, I've loved Katie's story. She sets it up. <laughs> okay. She sepsis. She's 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 up. I love Katie's story. She's so vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's you messing up. Right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs>
Welcome to the Storytellers Lab podcast. I'm Robin, and sorry, I didn't mean to give you the sign off. But Hethel's will be hurt, and we will we will be sad if you skip it because it's so good. Okay, <laughs> that's right, Robin. Hold on. And so, thank you for listening. We hope that you'll have a wonderful Easter. Happy we- Easter. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because it was so low. Sorry. Okay, take that out. Go ahead. I got so much out of her story and loved it. (laughs) Is that good, Lindy? That was so good. (laughs) Was I peppy? It was awesome. I felt felt like you liked it. Because before I felt like you didn't really like it. Good. Thank you for looking out for me. (laughs) Positivity, Polly. I love you. I love you. Um, also, if you have not recently given us a review, or I'm so sorry, I was just like, we never asked them to rate and review. No, we don't. Say something no, about rate you, and review. You do it. It like sucked. You're so excited. I know. I know. Okay, go. Okay. Absolutely. And I had a mentor one time tell me that busy. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> sorry. Try again. Okay. Yes. Try again, Lindy. I will. <laughs> um. Tammy I, Otis is in Come on, the room. There we I'm go. Sorry. Now we got Otis. <laughs> he just was licking my arm right here. And you could probably hear it on the audio. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 Let me just start over. Tammy, just scratch yeah. what I said it's earlier. I'm so, oh, Brady, sorry. Thank you, Brady, for all that you do for us. We love you so much. Okay. One of my very favorite things about editing for Storytellers Live podcasts is I open up an audio file and I hear this. (laughs) I didn't need a laugh. Tammy, you can use this for something. Okay.